YoMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. The next stop on the Star City Games Open Series is coming up soon in Baltimore, Maryland. On October 22nd, 23rd, join hundreds of other players to battle it out in the standard legacy and draft opens and compete for the glory, the money, and the prestige of moving up in the ranks of the SCG Players Club. With side events galore and live coverage courtesy of SCG Live, it'll be an action-packed weekend that you won't want to miss. So make plans to join StarCityGames.com in Baltimore, and we'll see you there. Be the one to call. Uh, I guess it's pressing. The, the, I guess I wasn't supposed to press the red button. I was supposed to press the green button. <laughs> I was just like click. No, oh, I hung up on him. Cool. Awesome. Totally How's it going? Awesome. Good. How are you? I'm great. Um, man, I'm. I hadn't had a chance to really look at the um the states lists, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about it on the sh- on the on the podcast, obviously. But uh, man, Colossus deck is like right up my alley. Uh, I didn't see what he won with, wasn't it? Infect. Uh, okay, that's what I th- Is it mono black infect? Uh, y- y- well, technically, but it also runs um, uh, Tezzeret's Gambit, which uh-huh. is blue. You know what I mean? So technically it's blue-black, but it doesn't run any islands, you know, or blue-producing right. mana. <laughs> right. So. I haven't looked at it yet, but um, Smitty from A-Team and um, 60 Cards has been pushing a mono black infect deck for weeks. Yeah, and uh, he was saying it was doing really well, and then he saw it like showing up at, in states and winning some states and stuff like that. I had I had just picked up my Crusaders over the weekend anyway, so I'm really happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Phyrexian Crusader. Yeah, so awesome. it's really kick ass to see a deck that's actually doing well. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, well. finally, right? Like, I mean, I know there was the one Infect deck that like that uh, Flores was running. Like, there were there were hints of, of Infect decks, but I feel like maybe this one's for real, or maybe it's just better right now because the metagame is kind of still still uh, young, I guess. You know right. what I mean? So, on that note, hey everybody and welcome to another episode of YoMTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco. And I'm Big Head Joe. And this is episode 84, and uh, I'm just including all that in the podcast. Why not? <laughs> I'm just going to start the podcast. Well, I, may have, I may have swore. I don't remember. You said ass. That's <laughs> uh, fine. No, I just ass said it. allowed. If they're allowed to say it on Monday Night Raw, then we're allowed to say it on the podcast. Yeah, why not? I well, mean, because they're PG now. You know what I mean? Like, when they used to be the PG-13 or the TV-14 or whatever. Right. But they're, uh, they've, they've gone to PG programming. So anything they can say on Monday Night Raw now, we can say on here. Okay, that's a nice, nice uh, boundary for us. Word. It's been a couple weeks since I've been on. You guys had an awesome show last week with with Travis and uh, and Adam. Yep, that was that was really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, we have some awesome stuff to talk about. I think mostly we're going to talk about standard today, and uh, of course, there's a lot a of little bit. What's that? I said there's a lot of data to look at. So. Yeah. 
I don't so, know how we can talk about anything but standard. I think we, you know what, I, honestly, because we haven't even talked. I'm talking to the viewers right now, the listeners. I guess Medina calls them viewers, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he does. We we haven't even talked amongst ourselves about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um. So. Um, so here, here's what I had. Yeah. We're going to talk mostly standard, maybe a little bit of legacy, maybe a little bit of modern. Probably a little bit of sealed since you just played in the PTQ this past yeah. weekend. And you know what? I just figured we'd start with that. Sure, yeah. Because I haven't heard anything that happened. Last I heard was you won round one and it was maybe a, a struggle. You tweeted it. You you were like, uh, if all my rounds are going to be that hard fought, this is going to be a long day. And that was the last I heard about you. Uh, yeah, well, 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 my phone uh, had died. Okay, uh, that's what I assumed. I, I told you. Yeah. I told you my phone was probably going to die. I tried plugging it in throughout the day when I could. Uh-huh. Uh, but then by the time I, uh, you know, I was dead in the tournament, I didn't feel like tweeting so <laughs> fair enough uh, so I, let me so let me just kind of uh briefly go over the whole the whole weekend actually yeah definitely you you had a, a magic so, um, weekend that i did not have well it was it was almost uh the magic almost fizzled um so uh i was supposed to go down to richmond and we're, we're in baltimore we're about a three and a half hour drive from there um, i was supposed to go down with mark frias uh 2009 maryland state champion lloyd frias's uh brother um up until Friday night. So I had thought that we were good to go, right? Mm-hmm. Travis goes to a different FNM from mine on Friday and comes back at like 2 a.m. And I'm sitting there building sealed pools and playing sealed against myself with two different sealed pools, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and Travis comes home and he's like, yeah, so what are you doing this weekend? He's like, so what's your plan? I was like, what do you mean? I'm going down to... Richmond. He's like, oh, you didn't hear? I was like, hear what? He's like, oh, yeah, Mark can't go. I was like, what? I find this out at 2 in the morning, technically Saturday morning, that Mark wow, can't go. Wow, that sucks. Right? So I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's got some work stuff to do. Fair enough. You know, right. no, 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 don't get care that it, he had to back out. Right. It's my whole weekend just went away in an instant. As I had already canceled on Noyan. Right. To go to states, like if I had known that, like I'm no, I guess I couldn't have gone to the Russian festival Sunday anyway. But anyway, um, <laughs> I had already canceled to go to the Russian festival Saturday with my girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so we wind up going, and we're down there, and it's like you know five in the evening on Saturday. Uh, we're hanging out, listening to some balalaika music, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm talking, I'm like, yeah, you know, it sucks. Like my friend backed out, and blah blah, and. I don't, you know, I was like, I don't know. I don't feel like getting, I was like, I looked at bus tickets, but they just seem too expensive. And I don't really feel like paying that much money on a bus ticket. And she's like, just do it. Just go. I was like, what? She's like, you want to go? Just go. Right. I was like, just, she's like, just do it. What makes you happy? Just go. I was like, that's awesome. It's like my girlfriend just talked me into going to a PTQ. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> like, I just had to go at that point, you know, because right. that, that situation may never come up again in my entire life. <laughs> Unique situation in life, take full advantage. So I'm like, all right, fine, you know, fine, I'll go. So she actually takes me down to the Greyhound station so I can get a ticket and get it in hand. You know what I mean? So I right. know I have it. Um, and then I come home and uh, I go, I leave again. Uh, that was around eight o'clock when I got home. I left my house again at like 1130, um, took the bus down to the Greyhound station, 
and took the Greyhound to Richmond. I got uh, the bus left at one in the morning. I got to Richmond at four ten. Um, I bummed around the uh, Greyhound station for about two hours. Uh, at one point, I slept against a wall. I did that twice over the weekend. Um, <laughs> I got maybe an hour and a half sleep on the Greyhound bus. Um, maybe another thirty minutes in the station. And then around like six ish, I started getting restless, or maybe it was more like it was more like seven o'clock. I started getting restless, so I uh, walked two and a half miles to the Richmond Convention Center. Nice. <laughs> it was an hour long walk. It was a beautiful morning. I mean, I had my headphones. You know, it was just yeah. a, it was a good morning. It was an awesome walk. It woke me up. It got me energized. Um, so that was really fun. And then, then I get there at like eight, you know, so it's like, it's like hour walk. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I, I was like, I want to get some orange juice or something, you know, because I already had a lot of coffee in me. I didn't want to drink an energy drink on top of coffee. You and I know how that works out for me. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to go find uh, CVS. So I open my phone, I go to Google, and I type in CVS, right? Mm-hmm. And there comes up a point in the map and a distance. And it's like 14 minutes. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. I've already walked, you know an hour i can walk another 14 minutes so i <laughs> go to find the cvs and i get to the point where it says the cvs is and there is no cvs yeah that's awkward. i was like oh great <laughs> so then i walk like another like maybe it's a little further up so i walk another five minutes and then i go back to my phone and i go reverse directions it's like 22 minutes like well, i guess i have <laughs> 22 more minutes of walking since i can't do anything else and so I had to walk all the way back to the convention center and just go to one of the little stores that I knew was half block away, but I wanted a CVS for some reason. My mind was dead set on CVS. <laughs> so, <laughs> so after an hour or two straight of walking, I get in there, I sign up for the tournament, um, and, and you know, we get our pools. First thing I do is I raise my hand and I, I go, I'm like, hey, Jared. Because uh, Jared Silva was running the event, right? Um, like, hey Jared, uh, do you mind if I listen to my? I'm like, I know we can't listen to headphones during the match. Do you mind if I listen to my headphones while I'm registering and building my pool, so I don't have to listen to people go, "This bro open dubs brimstone volley, bro." Like, <laughs> and he, I literally said that to him all that. that. Is- Awesome. At the table, and I get back to the t- and I they turn back to the table. I'm like, not that I think all of you guys would say stuff like that, because <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, I was like, I was like, you know, I could hear it shouted across the room. Everyone does it. Although they did something really cool at this PTQ, <laughs> and uh, if any of you listeners are tournament organizers, uh, especially for larger events, uh, they did deck building and registration in silence. Which I thought was amazing. I was really happy about that, but I still wanted the headphones just to kind of get me in the zone, you know. Yeah. Um, so, like, they would, would would they yell at you if you started to talk? Like, I don't... actually did not yell. Well, but yeah, reprimanded. People actually got official warnings for talking during deck construction. I have not. I, I, I forget what I did. I was listening to my headphones most of the time, but then I took my headphones off and went, meh, 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 said something, and then a judge came right by. I was like, no talking during deck construction. I was like, okay, thank you. Sorry, I forgot. Headphones back on. You know, like... Right. But yeah, no, they were good about it. I was like, this is great. Like, every single PTQ should be like that. Nobody needs to hear, like, what this bro opened. And I'm not going to go on about it. I know I did it last week. I'm not going to do it right. again. 
Yeah, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I might as well just go on, on about it every week. Uh, for the record, I asked Joey to name last week's episode Trips Bros. <laughs> but I figured we had already had the, the Dubs Trip bro, trip. No. Yeah, like I didn't... Why? I wanted to name that episode that. I wanted to name this episode something else related to that. Like, <laughs> like I want to, like, push that point home so hard. Like, that's, like, the, the worst thing ever. And then naming, like, four consecutive episodes something similar would be funny. But, um... I broke this. I broke the uh, the cycle. So. Yeah, but no, but I, I mean, it's just like uh, one of those random ideas. Right. Uh, so so so. All right, they had it in silence. I guess that that does seem like it would just allow you to concentrate. Exactly. Right? Nobody needs to hear all that stuff. You know, all the stuff that I hate about people. Yeah. No one needs to hear it. That. It sounds like school, though. It's really like the last time I remember being in a situation like that was like. In school or something during a test, like right? Shh. Yeah, everybody's quiet. Yeah. Everyone says, shh, which makes it real quiet instantly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, what happened was I built my deck. And let me also say that um, when I got my sealed pool, mm-hmm. my cards weren't sorted. And it kind of pissed me off. I mean, they were sorted by color. Mm-hmm. Then they were just kind of random. So when I had to go and verify my pool, mm-hmm. like I spent like three, four minutes just resorting the cards, which I thought was total garbage. And I should have said something to a judge because I could have probably got an extension uh-huh. and maybe got that person a warning for not sorting their pool. Uh-huh. But I was just like, oh, I can do this. You know, I was just like, kind of like, whatever. I don't feel like dealing with it. So I just built my pool. But next time, if that happens, I'm calling a judge immediately because it wound up being a pain and it wound up being the difference i think between building my deck correctly and building it incorrectly let me let me just confirm the, the way they're listed on the checklist is just alphabetical order by color right right okay they're not split into commons uncommons rares they're just no, straight up alphabetical order just right? alphabetical by color that's what i thought okay uh, yeah i mean i know this is sort of unrelated yeah but um i ordered a common uncommon set off of ebay and like you know i got it and it was the same thing like just like you're saying it was like Here's a bunch of here they're they're sorted by color and they're they're with the playsets, you know what I mean? Like it was four of everything, but they were like not in alphabetical order. And I'm like, how did this person verify that they had every every card here? You know what I mean? Like what how did they th- these aren't in numerical order at all. These aren't in any sort of order. How did they verify that they shipped me the, the full set, you know? And right. it was really frustrating to me because I was like, man, I just feel like leaving negative feedback just for this. <laughs> so, like, I know what you mean is, is what I was getting at. And I had that recent experience with, with Innistrad. I had to sit there and sort them all out again because uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I always sort my cards, and that's how I, my cards are stored. Um, all my commons and uncommons are just in in numerical order through this through the set you know what i mean like card number one and then ends with card number whatever you know so like that ends up being alphabetical order by color but i just don't understand how uh, a a seller could verify that they actually have all the cards there without having them in some sort of order like that but right. anyway go on now, with your pool. as yeah. as someone who uh you know who sorts cards very frequently mm-hmm. it might seem like you're saving time by not sorting the cards but you're not because it's just going to take you that much more time to find okay where was this card where was this card you know like right just do it like just seriously if you're if you're sorting cards just sort them alphabetically by color like 
it just makes so much more sense and it'll save you so much time. Yeah, now, I, som- like- I sometimes do that, like, even at, like, the pre-release when we don't have to register a deck. It's just, here's the packs. Like, I still sort things pretty much that way, you know? Like, just so that I know that I have, if I have, like, two or three of a card, they're not separated because if I put them in alphabetical order, then they're gonna, I'm going to end up with them together. I'm going to notice, oh, yeah, here's this crappy card that I probably won't play that I have two of. You know what I mean? Like, at least right. they're together. So, like, I even do it when I don't need to register things, but yeah, well, I mean, it's, me being it, anal. Well, it's habitual at this point. Yeah. You know, um, and, and that's why I didn't say anything to a judge, because I was like, well, I sort cards all the damn time. I don't care. You know, yeah. like, and just and just did it, but it cost me minutes. Right. Which wound up being vital. So, anyway, the so I, I wound up building a deck, and I built black, green, with a splash of white, right? Okay. And... The reason why this deck was built incorrectly is because it had, like, a couple one-drop creatures. By incorrectly, do you mean it doesn't have blue in it? Is that what you were... Shut it. Go ahead. No, but... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you kept saying how much you always build blue X decks, so I'm surprised. Sure, well, I actually spent, you know, a couple sealed pools, like, practicing building outside of my comfort zone. Awesome. You know, so, like... So I, I had some backup plans. Right, um, okay. And I kind of know which cards to play in whatever colors except for red. And the answer is don't play any of them unless you have, like, a Geist Flame or a Brimstone Volley. Right. Uh, and Splash for that one or two cards. Um, Devil's Play or something like that. Don't even Splash for that. <laughs> well, Splashing for it's a little – well, you can't Flash it back. Anyway, go go ahead. I want to hear about your – That's what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, and I actually think I did have a Devil's Play in my uh, – in my pool <laughs> and did not splash for it. Um, so the problem was that I had like a bunch of one drops. I'm almost certain I had zero two and three drops in my original build of the deck. Okay. Wow. Which sounds bad. Yeah. I had, I had some removal spells at the two drop slot and I had, uh, you know, midnight haunting at the three drop spot. A couple of things that, to do on those turns, but they weren't, advancing my board state, you know? Right. Um, and then I had a like ton of four and five drops. Okay. Okay. Um, and what, what I wound up having to do every round, <laughs> every single round I played, mm-hmm. I had to board in selfless Cathar, elder Cathar, Hamlet, captain planes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Every match after game one, I had to build in. I had to throw in a two drop, a three drop, a one drop, and cut three four drops. Wow! Right? So how did you go ahead? I'm sorry. Go ahead. And then cut a, and then cut um, a forest for a plains every every match. Um, so it was at a distinct disadvantage. Um, if I had those extra couple minutes, I would have realized this because I realized it a couple minutes after I turned in my deck list. Oh <laughs> yeah, wow! Like, yeah. I was I turned in my deck and I was like. I should have done this differently, and I didn't. And now I'm stuck with it because you can't, you know, it's not like a pre-release where you can change your deck freely. Yeah. It has to go back to its original 40 cards after every every round. Right, right. So um, so I still managed to go two and two, <laughs> <laughs> which makes me feel good. Like, I know, like, I totally scrubbed out of the tournament, you know. Uh-huh. I did well in the tournament, but I feel like I learned a lot. Um, on Sunday, like, I don't feel like, 
I don't feel like I was screwed by anything that people pulled or whatever. Although every time someone pulls Geist Ironed Monk, you're a little screwed. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like I learned a lot about like deck building. Um, kind of got myself because that's the first PTQ of the season that I've done. You mm-hmm. know, so kind of got back into the swing of how that feels. Right. You know? and you um, got some Planeswalker points. I got some Planeswalker points, which is always fun. Got two wins. Yeah. Like, my game ones were auto losses. And I knew this going into every round. I was like, well, I do not win game one. So I have to win off of games two and three. And I work well with my back against the wall. I've always said that. I always say that if I start a tournament 0-1, it's like one of my favorite ways to start a day. Because then I'm focused and I'm really working for it. You know, because you can't, you can't, there's no looking back. You know, there's like, if you start off 0-1, you just got to win. Yeah. And, like, nothing but winning is acceptable at that point. You know, like, when you're sitting there at, like, 3-0, you're like, well, if I drop a match, you know, like, yeah, no big deal. I'm still 3-1. I got a good chance. Like, you, you kind of put that little, you know, mental thing in your head, just that little bit of ease. Well, it's, funny, just... it's funny you mentioned that really, really quick because I was thinking the same thing when you said you were going into every round thinking I auto-lose game one. You right. know what I mean? Like, you put that mental thing in your head, too. <laughs> you know, even if it was... Well, no, 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 no. See, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily... Okay, this is what the actual thought was, okay? Mm-hmm. The actual thought was, um, I can, I can luck sack a game one. Like, if I, if I can win game one in a match, mm-hmm. then I have the match no problem. You know, so that was yeah. the real, like, shortcut that I was going into each round okay. with. Okay, cool. Was, if I win game one this round i'm 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 in you know what i mean like um I'm, i but i knew game one was going to be pretty hard mm-hmm. you know and uh but at least like at least i knew that you know at least i like could look at that like okay my game ones are going to probably suck i mean i got pretty close on a couple of them and actually had a really fun game one with brian braun dwin oh yeah uh in round two uh-huh um, he was in Nashville. We saw him. Uh, he, I think he was playing. Um, I can't remember what format, what, whether it was standard or legacy. But anyway, we covered him on SCG Live. In, yeah, in no, Nashville. I know. I, I know his name from somewhere. Um, I'm not going to say the guy slow plays, but man, <laughs> he takes a lot of time to make. Some <laughs> he thinks very hard about all of his his uh, his decisions. Like, our game one took 35 minutes. Wow, yeah. You know? And game two was was just a disaster in that round. And you Uh, felt like you must have been in game one because if you were already thinking your deck was weak game one uh, to not scoop to go to game two and stay in it for 35 minutes. Oh, I had him three life when I lost. You know what I mean? It was a really grindy game. Okay. Um. And there were a lot of decisions to make, but I just felt like I was making those decisions a lot faster. But anyway, (laughs) Um, point is I I didn't win that round. Um, Finally dropped after uh, having my life and soul crushed by uh, Charm Breaker Devils into the Maw of Hell combo round four. Oh, wow. They could just keep replaying it, I guess. only damn sorcery or instant in his graveyard when he cast the devils. Oh wow! And then he, and then he cast another, and I was sh- and I was screwed on lands. Uh-huh. I was stuck on mana. 
That and, sucks. And he and then he had a uh, then he had another spell the next turn and flips a coin and of course he gets the into the maw of hell back again. Oh my gosh! So he's just like wrecking your mana base and Bl- killing you guys. Creature every turn. That's that's pretty sick. It was awesome. I mean, it right, this was something I didn't see, and I was just like, I was just looking at the board, going, "I'm, I am so dead. Like, why am I sitting here playing this game? Like, <laughs> like it, in general, like I meant, like in real life, I am dead. Why am I sitting here playing Magic: The Gathering when I should be proceeding up into the pearly gates? <laughs> so anyway, uh, rough day um, in terms of results. Yeah. Uh, exciting still because, you know, our homeboy Brendan Hurst made the uh, made finals, the top, didn't he? And he made the top eight of, uh, of states the day before, states, right? Day before. Yep. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, so that was nice. Um, so it was at least nice to have a, a horse in the race till the very end. You Brendan's know? a horse. Brendan is officially a horse. Yeah, no, uh, that that's awesome. Like, it's really good to hear Brendan doing so well because I know he he's such a good player, and like I know he um. At nationals, he started off day one like I don't know if he was X and X and O or X and one or something like that. He was did, had a very good record at the end of day one and was actually um, featured, interviewed, yeah, featured on the mothership on the uh, the coverage for U.S. nationals. Um, so it's cool to see him putting up like consistent results and uh, just you know by uh, coincidence he is featured on the upcoming episode of Brewport Avenue podcast, which yep. if you guys didn't uh, listen last week or weren't aware of it, our, our friends have created a podcast, Brewport Avenue, which we um, – I put it up yesterday on I Want My MTG, so that's up. Uh, well, not yesterday to you guys, but Tuesday um, because it's Wednesday. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, episode three uh, has has Brendan on there, so you guys should check that podcast out. And uh, episode three, I think they just recorded like last night, I guess. So they're uh, yeah, that'll sure be did. that'll be up eventually as soon as uh, as soon as they edit it and get it together. But um, you should be able to. I- I'm gonna keep putting it up on I want my MTG as much as I can. The uh, the only problem is we're limited for our space, so we may not be able to do it for. We may not be able to do it all the time, but hopefully. Uh, you can just get it on MTG Cast because it's always going to be there. It just might not be there as early as it would be on uh, I Want My MTG. So, right. anyway, uh, so how any any other cool uh, stories or anything from the weekend? Uh, uh, well, I, I also just wanted to mention uh, briefly that uh, Brendan hasn't had a chance to come over and play test with us lately. So he's been uh, testing, and I wish I could remember the guy's last name, and I'm sorry if he's listening, but uh, as Ian Shore and James something. I can't remember the guy's name, but anyway, mm-hmm. uh, he's been uh, play testing with those guys and uh-huh. has been kind of grinding events with them. Um, so, and so, you know, we all rode back. Uh, to to Rockville together on Sunday night and you know, the cool guys and it was uh, cool hanging out with them and picking their brains about the format and stuff. So yeah, I know uh, Eric Klug was there too, right? I know he, yes, he um, was. He yes, mentioned he was. that he was going there. There's a lot of good, a lot of uh, players there. Was Drew Levin there? I feel like I heard Drew him. was there. Jerry was there. Um, Jeff Foster was there. Uh, Colosso got DQ'd, which made me happy. Which is crazy, um, since he just won states the day before. What happened? Why did he get DQ'd? Uh, don't know. Okay. Don't care. Kind of made me happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm glad he won states though with this cool deck. I mean, I'm not gonna deny how cool his deck is. Right. Uh, but 
I don't think that it's a secret. I'm not the biggest fan of his. Um, but yeah, lots of cool, lots of cool people were there, um, and a couple of them did well. Brian Braun Dwin made the top eight. Also, that's oh, the only awesome. other person I know mm-hmm. made top eight. Um, besides Brendan, obviously. Uh, but he lost in a final that was, you know, a little brutal. Uh, if you saw the picture, um, I think Star City put a picture up on Facebook. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find it right now. It's uh, yeah, like of the winner, and I was like, oh, I think this is the guy that beat Brendan. So I guess it was. One second, I want to make a funny joke about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just go to Facebook.com/slash Star City Games, and right it now is. it's the first picture yep. in there thing done it so um so yeah so the so the tournament you know brendan was in the final but he actually lost in the final to brian schneider mm-hmm. um who totally got past a bloodline keeper a mayor of averbrook a splinter fright a gastav shepherd and a lumber knot that some other bro opened and had to pass you know <laughs> Guy guy opened all the good cards and had to and had and got past all the bad cards, you know. So Brian Schneider opened all the bad cards, got past all the good cards, and that's how he won, you know. Yeah, obviously, because this bro got past all these sick pools, bro, and you know the guy who passed them to him didn't get to play with them, so you know. Well, didn't have didn't the guy who passed them to him have the opportunity to pick them since wasn't the top eight draft? Oh, damn it. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> well, it was a funny joke, but yeah, you're right. It was draft. I, I forgot. I, I guess like, I would need to make the top eight of one of these things to uh, remember. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I guess uh, if, if you, uh, you want to move on to standard. Yeah. I know. Gosh, I'm so bored of standard. It's so so stale right now. I mean, it's not there, really. There, I mean, there does seem to be a new boogeyman. Oh but. yeah, and I know you guys talked about it a little bit last last week. But the uh, the Wolf Run Good deck, as I like to call it, although I've been misattributed or it has been misattributed to others. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the Wolf Run Ramp decks basically seem to be the. The new Valakut as uh, – I mean it, it really is uh, – people are comparing it to Valakut and it's it really is uh, kind of just – I don't even know what to call it. It's like – it, um, Can I tell you what to call it? Yes. It, it seems like a doppelganger of, of, of Valakut. It's just ramp. Yeah. It's yeah, ramp but, deck. And it ramps – Valakut was a ramp deck that finished with Valakut. Wolfrun ramp is a ramp deck that finishes with Ink Moth Nexus and uh, and uh, Wolfrun. Wolfrun. Kessig Wolfrun. Right. It's still just a ramp deck. That's what it is. It's ramp. It's a. It's it's an it's an archetype mm-hmm. that has existed for years. Just the last one before this one was Valakut. It's not the next Valakut because it doesn't kill you with the land dealing damage. It kills you with the land that becomes a creature. Uh, but it's a ramp deck. Right. I mean that's that's just basically what it is. There's going to be a ramp deck in every format or in every in, yeah in every standard iteration. Yeah, know? I think I think the 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 thing that makes this so similar to Valakit and so obviously similar similar to the two things really uh, as opposed to other ramp decks is one it done got red in it. One no listen one is the uh, 
<laughs> one is Primeval Titan, which of course was just the the centerpiece of Valakut. Even though I guess you could say Valakut was the centerpiece of Valakut, but Valakut <laughs> didn't do anything until Primeval Titan showed up. You know what I mean? Valakut right. decks were not performing. People were trying to build around Valakut. I remember that, but nobody was really. It was not a tier one deck anywhere near a tier one deck before Primeval Titan showed up. So uh, there's that, that similarity, because it's it's the Titan that grabs those lands. And two, it, most ramp decks were winning with spells that cost a lot. You know, like Tooth and Nail, you know, ramp into Tooth and Nail. Cloudpost, ramp into Eldrazi. You know what I mean? You ramp into some kind of huge spell, and that's what, the, that's what wins you the, you the game. With Valaka and Wolfrun... You don't actually need to ramp into a lot of mana. You actually want the lands as win conditions, not even to necessarily produce mana, although that is obviously a, a function, you know, or at least a, another uh, aspect of the deck. Right, but to me the difference is, like, with with Valakut, uh-huh. to win, you have to tap zero manas. But, like, wi- or, or, you know, for Valakut to work. Mm-hmm. For for Wolf Run to work, you need to basically tap out. Yeah, I think though the the with that sort of um, I guess making a concession to that part of the strategy still gives you or it actually gives you access to kind of a more versatile plan because Valakit a lot of times it was like win with Valakit or it. Titan, which usually is, just means win with Valakut. You know what I mean? If you were attacking with Primeval Titan, you probably were still win- winning with Valakut because it was just grabbing mountains or Valakut, you know? Right. Um, and it also happened to be doing six damage to you or a creature you chump blocked with or whatever. Um, but in this deck, it's got other angles of attack which make it pretty dangerous. It's got Thrun in a lot of the sideboards, and I've heard people playing Dungrove Elder instead of Thrun, or in addition to Thrun, as uh, basically because people are evolving trying to use Phantasmal Image to fight Thrun and uh, Geist of St. Traft. Um, and so now they're like, okay, well, I'll put another Hexproof dude out here, and he's not a legend, so Phantasmal Image doesn't hurt him. So like that, it's got a... Uh, Garrick, I think, is a huge part of the deck because it can just sit there with Garrick and play and just win off of that without a Titan, without the Ink Moth, without the, the right. Kessig Wolf Run. But the Kessig Wolf Run makes every creature so dangerous. And that's – I think Kessig Wolf Run is really the core of the deck. Obviously, it makes – it's the namesake of the deck. Um, but being able to make every piddly Viridian emissary into a potentially lethal attacker just because of the, the pump and the, and the trample um, is – is huge. Like it's just got so many aspects of the deck you need to fight. And it's like, you can decide to sit there and hold your doom blades for their ink moth nexuses. But if they, you know, it, and then you get oblivion ring their Garricks, but then they get a green sun Zenith and get an acidic slime and blow up your, your uh, oblivion ring and get their Garrick back. And it's like, I'm hold on. Can you activate your ink moth nexus, please? <laughs> I have this doom blade I've been waiting to use, you know, like it's it's tough. It's got a lot of angles of attack, and I think to me it's scarier than Valakit because Valakit was a lot more one dimensional. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can I can see that. Still, I don't care how many times we see the deck. I'm not sold on it. I'm not sold on ramp. Like I don't know. Like ramp's good, but well, we'll adjust. Ramp. I mean, the, the that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that ramp. I think that Wolf Run is good right now. 
Uh-huh. Like, I don't think that it's going to be good for long. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't care. Like, I'll go right on record and say this, and then I'll go right back on record and say, hey, I was wrong. Wolf Run's really good. You know, like... Yeah. I mean, what, you said that. You said something similar last week. Obviously, I yeah. wasn't on the episode, but I listened. Um, and I think I could understand it more last week because the deck was totally rogue. Nobody was expecting to fight Valakut in Nashville when it won, when Brian Sondag won with it. Um, and so it was like, okay, this deck looks really good, but we don't have any, you know, that was a tournament that nobody even knew the deck existed. So now we're going to go into States and if people are playing this deck, now everybody can be prepared for it. You know, so last week I can understand that situation or that, that opinion or that, that stance, I guess. Um, but now after looking at States and seeing that it won a lot, like it was a top performer. Um, if you look at Chapin's article from today, from Wednesday, it's, uh, it's in the premium side. But uh, he talks a little bit about the the top performing decks. And it's like Wolf Run pretty much is the top deck right now. That and Blue Black Control, which typically has uh, right a now. good matchup. Yeah, right now. Right now, of course. But That's the thing was, saying. after States, what I'm saying is uh, – the weekend with uh, going into the weekend, people were prepared to face Wolf Run and they still haven't figured it out yet. So I think what I'm saying is it's a, at least a little bit better than we thought it was last week. You know what I mean? Because now we've gone into a weekend where plenty of people were prepared for it and still lost. I can tell you right now that it's uh, better than I'm giving you credit for. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I can tell you that straight up that it's way better than I'm giving you credit for. But, um, but still, I'm 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 still not convinced. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll I'm see. I think it's going to be a deck that doesn't run good counter spells. Um, is the best deck in the format. The uh, the interesting thing about this deck against counter spells is like you can sit there and go, and I think this was actually uh, Medina may have been talking a little bit about this in his one of his articles on Star City last week. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was his tournament report, but it may have actually been in his uh, financial article. The, the tournament report, because he made top four of Nashville, obviously you knew that, um, was on the free side. So if you don't have premium, one, get it, but two, you can read his article uh, on the free side. But about how many, like, you can't really think, all right, I'll just counter his Titans. Because you don't want a Titan to land because it's just going to get the the Ink Moth and the Kessig Wolf run, right? So if you're like, all right, well, I'll let a Titan resolve and Doomblade it. Well, then you use, you not only let him get the Ink Moth and the Kessig Wolf run, but you just wasted a Doomblade on a Titan. So you don't want the Titans to land. You want to counter them. Um, but you can't you, – you only have so many counter spells. You need to be able to counter every Titan and every – uh, green Sun Zenith. Most most of the decks are running three or four Green Sun Zenith. So now that's eight counter spells just for those, and you haven't even fought the Garrick strategy, the uh, the whole uh, the fact that they can just naturally draw Ink Moth or Kessig Wolf Run, <laughs> things like that. So uh, that was just something to keep in mind when you just mentioned counter spells, and I wanted to to mention that because it was a good point. Because my initial thoughts were, uh, if I can just counter his Titans. And and his Garricks, I should be okay, but I forget about Green Sun Zenith, you know? Did you see Cedric Phillips' deck from States? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, my God. I want to play this deck this weekend. I think I found the deck I'm playing. What I'm is it? excited. Talk about it. 
Blue White Tokens. <laughs> Ready? I'm going to run the list out. It's the Cedric Phillips deck. First place. In Seattle, right? Uh, first well, place Washington. in Washington. Yeah. Yep, Washington State. Okay. Four Shrine of Loyal Legions, right? Which is the card that I, I was hyping that card up. Yep. Right? Four Blade Splicer, three Hero of Blade Hold, three Honor of the Pure, four Intangible Virtue, three Oblivion <laughs> Ring, four Mana Leak, four Midnight Haunting, four Elspeth Terrell, mm-hmm. three Timely Reinforcements, uh, four Islands, 11 Plains, uh, Glacial Fortress, Moreland Haunt, Times 2, Sea Crim Coast, Sideboarder, two Sword of Feast and Famine, another Hero of Blade Hold, one Snapcaster Mage. Uh, one Oblivion Ring, two Celestial Purge, two Flash Freeze, two Negate, three Day of Judgment, and another Timely. That sounds right up your alley. That deck <laughs> sounds so good. I think I'm testing this for uh, for Baltimore. I'm dead serious. I think I found awesome. It. So like, yeah, speaking of of Baltimore, that's this weekend. Star City Open Series in Baltimore. Um, yeah, we'll both be there. I'll be covering the matches and you'll be playing in them what are you playing you're playing standard saturday and then sunday you're doing the draft both opens? drafts both, both draft, draft opens. opens yep okay um I, I i don't know if you mentioned this on the podcast but what's your logic behind not doing legacy and choosing the draft opens instead um okay well there's uh there's a lot of, there, there's some logic to it <laughs> okay, that's what I figured. That's why I was asking. Well, I think I, mean, I kind like, of know it, but I just figured not, in case people it, it, are wondering. Cause sure, we, sure, sure. We talk legacy all the time. And, we uh, do. Um, well, I haven't – I mean, honestly, I haven't been following legacy that much. Mm-hmm. Um, not to a level where I'm really comfortable with the format right now. Mm-hmm. Um, although I know the format is kind of just the same format but without mental misstep from a few months ago. That um, kind of makes a big difference, to be honest. <laughs> But go go ahead, yeah. But anyway, um, point is, I like Innistrad Limited. Period. Like, I think it's the most fun to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favorite formats that we've been given in a while. So, um, so I kind of want to just do what I'm going to have the most fun doing on Sunday. Right. Um, plus, I feel the most confident right now of any format. I feel more confident with. Like Innistrad Limited, I'm I'm a little less confident in draft than I am in sealed, but mm-hmm. period, just limited. I'm more comfortable with right now. So I think that I want to play in the tournament that I have been doing the most practiced with, right? Practiced, doing the most practice <laughs> with, and the one that I have the best chance to win. Not to mention the fact that I have two chances to win on Sunday. Right. I I, I get you. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, so, I think. Uh... If I wasn't doing commentary, I might actually do something like that. It seems like I don't ever get to play in the events because if they're around here, I'm usually doing the commentary. Right. <laughs> you know, like at DC, Baltimore, Baltimore again. Uh, you know, right, right in our neighborhood. Um, but right. I, I, you know, honestly, like, and I've been way more in the mood to play in the events. Mm-hmm. So, like, in a way, I'm kind of glad I'm not on commentary anymore because I'm like, man, I would drive me nuts to have to sit at the on the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, with a tournament in my backyard, I just am dying to play. So, like. Definitely understand that. Like, I, I for me, this is the way I look at it, like, or this is my comparison, and I may have made it on the podcast before, but it's like Sundays watching football. It's like you're, I'm so excited. I love watching it all day, but I also sometimes while I'm watching feel the urge to go run, throw the ball around. But 
if I'm stuck inside watching the football, watching football all day, I'm fine. That's fine. <laughs> like I'm totally happy doing that. But I can't say I don't have the urge to go outside and and play. Also, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, dude, dude, was that was that a crazy analogy or something? What? Dude, no. What dude. the hell is this deck? Travis Wu, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same tournament in Seattle, mm-hmm. played Wolf Run Brown. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, like Tesseret Wolf Run? Four Sphere of the Suns, mm-hmm. two Copper Mirror, three Mirror Battle Sphere, four Palladium Mirror, four Solemn Simul- Simulacrum, um, three Worm Coil Engine, two Birds of Paradise, four Primeval Titan, four Green Suns, four Rampant Growth, uh, forests, mountains, two buried ruin, two gross quarter, four glimmer post, four ink moth nexus, two wolf run, and one rootbound crag. Just one, just one crag. That is but very weird. One mountain and one crag for the red. Just splashing for the wolf run, and just right. basically a mono green artifact deck. Wow, that is really that is one of the strangest decks I think I've ever really heard. How did how well did it do? Uh, I think it was in, uh, let's see, sixth place. Oh, wow. So he did well. Obviously, top eighting states. That's nuts. Um, Jeez. <laughs> so, I mean, we we didn't really get to, to say it, but it seems like the pillars of the format right now are Wolf Run, Blue Black Control, which also won uh, Grand Prix Brisbane this past weekend. Jeremy Neiman wins his second consecutive Australian Grand Prix. Um, and... Uh, he was playing blue black control and there were several wolf runs in the top eight. I want to say there were four. I don't have it right in front of me, but you know, plenty. Um, and then solar flare, which obviously <clears throat> people were expecting that deck to dominate right out of the gate. You know, like as soon as we started seeing things like unburial rights, people are putting these decks together. And, uh, obviously week one, star city Indy had, uh, had two mono red decks in the finals. And then week two, which was Nashville, put several solar flare decks in the top eight. I want to say four again. Um, but Sondag won that with Wolf Run. So solar flare has yet to win. And, and pretty much everybody's been saying what I feel like I've been saying, although I don't know if I've said it on the cast, because it's hard to remember where I've said things, whether it was on SCG Live, <laughs> on the podcast, or just in conversation, was yeah. I don't trust that mana base. And it's like a deck full of good cards and it's it's the whole power versus consistency thing. It's very powerful, but it lacks in consistency. So when you hit that consistency, the blue black or no the 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 solar flare decks. Oh, the solar flare, which is yeah, like Esper, right? Exactly. Very 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 powerful yeah. things you can do when you're like unburial rights on a sun titan, get a phantasmal image, copying a sun titan, getting a Liliana, whatever. You know that's ridiculous. That's like, you know. Cruel double cruel ultimatum or something, you know, like it's, it's absolutely ridiculous how powerful that deck can be if given the opportunity and if it gets the right draws. And I think that's what people love about it, but it isn't performing very well. And, um, people can exploit those weaknesses to some extent in that, you know, they can basically count on the deck to be a little bit inconsistent and, and still just, you know, be able to, uh, either win before the deck can dig its heels in or, uh, or just kind of fight the right cards. Like, um, I was playing against Kenny and I know he, he just picked up solar flare. So he hasn't, hasn't had a lot of, uh, a lot of experience with the deck. So that's 
you know, partly part of it, I'm sure. But, you know, I, I, I'm playing blue black, just my own build of blue black that I put together. But, but it's pretty much everybody's build of blue black. I think you and I, were we having a conversation like that? I think we were um, yeah. about like blue black is kind of like, well, what's the deck list? Just guess. You're probably going to be right. <laughs> you know, yeah. yes, Manalik, Snapcaster, Doomblade, you know, um, all that cool stuff. Um, but we just sat there, you know, I think twice forbidden alchemy, um, that kind of stuff. So we just sat there playing draw go for a while and I just waited for him to do something, but I've just built up a ridiculous hand <laughs> the whole time. And as soon as he started doing something, I just started countering everything because I had all my counter spells. And then I just went like, he tapped out for unburial rights. I was like, mana leak grave Titan go, you know, it was just, yeah. can't really do anything. Um, so it, it's one of those decks where if you know what you're, you're looking for, what you you know, what they're trying to do, you can stop it and make that deck very clunky, I think. Um, and you know, I'm super excited with, with blue, black control. I haven't gotten to play as much as I'd, I'd like, but, um, I'm playing, I know I was telling you this the other day, I play one copy of Jace memory adept in the deck as a potential win condition. Um, I play two copies of Nefalia Drownyard, and uh, Lloyd and I were playing. It was like a blue-black pseudo-mirror. He's actually got quite a different build. To, well, not not that different, but he's got like con- three Consecrated Sphinxes, some sort of Feast and Famine. I don't have those in my deck. Um, but I run a main deck Surgical Extraction, and I run like two more in the sideboard because uh, – well, actually, I'll, I'll get to the Surgical Extraction thing in a minute. But I just – I knew it was a mirror, and I was like, all right, turn four, Nefalia Drownyard, go. Mill you. Mill you. Every turn, at the end of his turn, I just sat there and milled him. And I milled him out with Nathalia Drownyard the whole way. I didn't even hit Jace Memory Adept in that game. Um, I love that, too. And you know you know me. Yeah. Um, I, I, I heard you guys talking about that. And then also, um, were you guys joking about that modern deck? <laughs> what, what modern deck? Like the 27 counter spells and like... And then the Falia Drown Yard. <laughs> oh, we must have been joking. That's <laughs> damn. I um, liked. I looked at that. I was like, I think these guys are kidding, but I think they're on to something here. <laughs> because I mean, think about like, like Snapcaster with um, can anything? Yeah, yeah. I'm both well, snap. <laughs> no, but I mean, like Snapcaster with uh, Glimpse the Unthinkable. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. You know, and like Nefalia Drownyard, and then like um, an archive traps, and just a million counter spells. Path to exile. Path to exile. Well, it's great with archive trap. It's true. You make them search, obviously. You know. Well, they, I, well but I'm, I'm talking about a blue black thing here. Yeah. It's um, you could also, easy. but but I'm saying you go could ahead. also go with Ghost Quarter for for the same purpose. True. That's a good point. Um, you know, with, but, I, I like mean, the of removal. Course, well, removal's good, obviously. The but whole, like, whole thing with me with Path is that, okay, it, basically, if they know you have Archive Trap, they probably won't search. But that makes Path to Exile really good, so... Right, it's... I, man, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's modern, so you can definitely go Esper easy. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So. I'm playing basically five-color in modern right now. It's, very, it's like five-color blue. It's completely blue. We'll, we'll talk... We should talk about modern in a minute, but uh, let, let me finish... I'll finish talking a little bit about standard. Just the... Uh, what I did, you know, just the other thing, because I was going to talk about surgical extraction, but I play it main deck because I like the, I use it kind of as a Gitaxian probe that also happens to 
get rid of a card that I kind of don't feel like seeing. So what I did was extracted his um, Snapcaster Mages because I was like, I, I want to see his hand. I get to see that, and I get rid of his Snapcaster Mages, which one gets more cards out of his deck, and I'm trying to mill him right now, you know, <laughs> using Nathalia Drownyard. And Snapcaster is, you know, he's only got, like, a few creatures in the deck. He's got, like, Snapcasters and uh, Consecrated Sphinx, and he had Batter Skull. You could do that with Ink Moth Nexus, too, against Wolf Run. What's that, like, what? So you could extract their... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I misunderstood. I just realized I was saying he had Batter Skull. I don't think he had Batter Skull. He he had the swords. I I had a Batter Skull play that I was thinking of. I got that mixed up. But I basically, uh, I extracted his Snapcasters, and then when he tried to cast Sword of Feast and Famine with no guys on board, I was kind of like... He, I don't think he has enough guys in there to equip that to. I, that's fine. Like, play to your equipment. You don't have a guy right now, and if I can prevent you from ever getting one, then that sword does nothing. So, um, so you know, that that was cool. We played another game, which was uh, I did end up using Jace to mill him out, but I had a situation where it was like I had Forbidden Alchemy, and it was uh, it was like... The top four cards, I can't remember what two of them were, but one of them was like a Dissipate and the other one was a, was a Batter Skull. And I was like, as much as I want to play Batter Skull, I think I'm going to go, I'm on the mill plan again. Like, I think I'm going to try to mill him again. So I'm going to dump the Batter Skull. And I was like, well, I play one copy of Buried Ruin in case I want that Batter Skull back. And I top decked the Buried Ruin next turn, which was kind of funny, but didn't need to use the, use it to get the Batter Skull, but I could. And I, I'm just really happy with, with, uh, the way that is playing out, but there's kind of a discussion between surgical extraction versus Nihil Spellbomb versus Purify the Grave, which is the new white flashback uh, empty target player's graveyard card. And um, personally, I'm a huge fan of extraction. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about extraction now, and I'm ready to change decks again. <laughs> so, like extraction with Snapcaster. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. I, I, you can do that. Too. Like that's that's another thing I did. Like I, I put that in the deck for that too because it's free, you know, or two life, whatever. Or I am playing black. I can pay it if I want. Um, the other thing is uh, I'm trying to actually. I'm hitting the wrong window here. Sorry. Um, Man, there are so many good decks right now. Yeah. So purify the grave actually costs a white, and right. it's exile target card from a graveyard. So similar to extraction, except it flashes back with a and, white, and it flashes back for a white. So you can exile two cards for two white at instant speed, and um, you know that that's that's cool. Uh, if you're playing white, obviously I'm not even playing white, so that's not even an option for me, really. Um, but I think the whole extraction thing, being able to get rid of some kind of troublesome th- troublesome permanent that you don't want to see again, if you've got if you've dealt with one of them. You don't want to see another one. Like you mentioned, if you can Doomblade a single Ink Moth Nexus, being able to surgically extract all of them if they don't have another one in play uh, is pretty good against the Wolf Run deck. Yeah. Or Ghost Quarter. Yeah, I don't play Ghost Quarter right yet anyway. I haven't decided that. I wanted the one Buried Ruin, and I didn't feel like Ghost Quarter was important enough yet. But the other card, obviously, Nihil Spellbomb, which was in... Uh, Scars block. What was it? It was actually in Scars, right? Yeah. Yes. So, um, Niall Spellbomb empties the entire player, the player's entire graveyard, and if you pay a black, you can 
draw a card, which is awesome, especially in something like Solar Flare. Medina and I were talking a little bit on Twitter about this and uh, being able to get it back every turn with a Sun Titan and em- keep emptying your opponent's graveyard against one of these graveyard decks, like sol- like a Solar Flare Mirror. Like, I can totally see why you would go with Spellbomb in that deck, but I'm just a huge fan of Surgical Extraction, and, and not just in Standard, but also possibly in Legacy. I mean, people are using Snapcaster Mage more and more. Uh, there are more and more combo decks showing up in Legacy. So, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Extraction, and I, I kind of just wanted to to mention that. Um, and then the last kind of two points about Standard that I want to mention, and I know we spent most of the episode on Standard, which I think is what we were planning on doing anyway. Um, Flores is deck. Have you heard much about this? Not really, no. Is it, it from today's article? or No, he's, he's been talking about it a bit. He started in an article... Uh, last Friday, right before Nashville. So it was actually a week, almost two weeks ago. It'll be two weeks ago from the day this episode's posted, um, where it's basically a blue-red deck. And it, he, it's Snapcaster and Brimstone Volley as like kind of a, a core strategy where you're like... That's right. Yeah, right, like you, you can, you know, if something dies, you Brimstone Volley them. And then, you know, as soon as you get the opportunity, they attack or something... Play Snapcaster Mage, give the Brimstone Volley flashback, block with the Snapcaster Mage, Snapcaster dies, flashback the Brimstone Volley. That's 10 damage off of two cards, you know, Snapcaster and Brimstone Volley, and you've chump blocked. Um, and, of course, that's just, you know, one small interaction. Just He basically built a blue-red control deck, but the big addition to that deck, as of his states list, is Druidic Satchel. Have you heard about he's, this? He's trolling us, man. No, it he's real. He is totally not trolling <laughs> us. The the reason I know people are people are laughing like Flores is nuts, you know, whatever. No, 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 no. I mean, I I, I know I know he's not nuts, but I just I, when I saw that I, I, that was my joke immediately. I was like, is he fuck? I must. Jeer that. Is he far away? Is that what you're? Is about? he far away? Yeah, um. So, uh, real quick aside. Um. Uh-huh. Chris Malahey used to have this tape, and this has to get cut from the podcast, by the way. Okay, um, we'll, we'll save it till the end. All right, all right. Actually, I'm going to forget by the end. Let me I'll just remind tell you, real quick. you. I'll remind I'm gonna you. I'm, I'm not, I'm gonna, you already have to cut this anyway. No, I wasn't going to cut it. That's the whole point. I'm trying right, to tell fine, you. Fine, the, fine. the whole episode's been fine. I was just going to leave it uncut. <laughs> so, <laughs> And I'm going to leave this in there, too. <laughs> all right, <laughs> so you fine. You can tell me afterwards. All right. So, Druidic Satchel, is he trolling us is what you were trying to say i think that's it that's it that's it no like he's getting it other people are talking about it chapin mentioned it in his article today he didn't go on about it but he wrote you know something about hey maybe you should try druidic satchel in your blue decks is what he said at the end of his article sorry that's a little freemium uh tidbit for you guys that don't have premium um in case you guys are wondering what Druidic Satchel is, or don't remember. It was, to me, it was the card where I saw it and went, oh, cool, like a satchel. I have a leather bag that looks just like that without the crazy, like, Irish Celtic-looking designs. Um, and I really do have a, ba- <laughs> have a bag that looks almost just like that. Um, and then I read it, and I was like, eh, that would be cool if it was good. But I don't know if it's good. Do I um, like it, to go through my cards to see if I own dru- Druidic Satchels? It's, uh... It's already gone up. It's like a dollar fifty now, dollar dollar fifty right now, and it was like forty cents or something. Um, of course, this is a lot due to Mike 
putting it out there and uh, all the speculators buying, you know, 80 copies. But anyway, Druidic Satchel Artifact from M12. It's a rare. costs three. Um, the ability is pay two and tap it. Reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature, put a 1-1 one, one green sapperling creature token onto the battlefield. If it's a land, put that card onto the battlefield under your control. If it's a non-creature, non-land, you gain two life. Now, when I looked at it, I was like, those are all kind of cool. But I, I feel like, and this is without having played with it, um, it's too, like, those are all awesome abilities. But when you need a creature, you might not get one. When you need the life, you might not get get it. When you need the land, you might not get it. It's very unpredictable. You, you don't know what you're getting. The uh, one cool trick that Mike mentioned is the fact that you can obviously, like, do it at the end of their turn, untap, and then do it again. So you get the same – you know what you're getting because if it, if it's a creature anyway um, or if it's a, a non-creature, non-land. If it's a land, you end up getting it in the play. But if you reveal a creature, you get a 1-1, one, one, and the creature that you revealed is still sitting on top. So you can untap, and before you draw – do it again and get another 1-1. One, one. Um, he thinks it's going to be a top 10 card in standard. And uh, I, I can't argue with him right now because it's a card that I kind of want to be good. I just ha- don't have the experience yet of playing with it. But it does seem like it I, – I always feel like it, it seems reasonable. I guess that's how I feel. I want to play with it to get the experience so I can tell you what I really feel about it from having played with it. But um, I love the idea that it can ramp you. You know, especially in a deck like mine where I'm playing mostly instants. So, hey, you didn't do anything. I could forbid an alchemy or maybe I'll just activate my satchel and see what's on top. Another thing, you know, he mentioned if you see in his deck, his blue-red deck, you see a creature, most likely it's Snapcaster Mage. So now he's like, I can know that I'm having a Snapcaster Mage coming up and and plan around it. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and also he's like, if you reveal a creature in my deck, you're drawing a Snapcaster Mage and who doesn't want to draw a Snapcaster Mage, <laughs> you know, like awesome. So, uh, I, that's the, uh, that's your, you know, finance tip, uh, probably a little bit late at this point, but keep an eye out. I'm sure people are, you know, not on, uh, like Joe, who obviously isn't really in tuned into things. Apparently I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hey, hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. I got a satchel for you. Yeah. yeah. Satchel of destruction. Yeah, got a satchel for you. You can uh, <laughs> put it over your shoulder if you want. <laughs> does it have like bright green stuff coming out of the corners of it, like this one does? I don't even know what that means. Oh, okay, so <laughs> so that's standard. We've already pretty much spent the entire episode, but quickly, I just want to mention this uh, about Legacy. Um, Past in Flames. Obviously, this is a this is a card that I think uh, people are pretty excited about in in Standard. I mean, in uh, in Estrad already. But Caleb Durward already uh, one of the players taking advantage of that card, and he played a uh, played a match at Nashville on camera with it. Now he lost the match, but. Boy, did watching that make me want to play Past in Flames. He was playing Storm. I don't even want to play Storm, but I was like, ooh, Past in Flames. And I, I think, you know, and uh, hot tip from, from Quiet Speculation Insider, shh, don't tell anybody that I told you, um, <laughs> is that uh, 
they think Past in Flames is a big pickup right now. So uh, yeah, yeah. So that's you know insider tip, and that's to get more of that kind of stuff. There's uh you can you can get it on Quiet Speculation. Um, the uh, so we're not going to get too much into Legacy, and I know we said we're going to get a little bit into Modern. We did. Uh, we mentioned that uh, 27 Counterspell and Snapcaster yeah. and Glimpse the Unthinkable uh, Archive Trap Mill deck. We did accounts. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, I think I said I, I was playing four-color blue or five-color oh, right. five blue. So and There you go. Yeah. Well, basically, if you want to know what I'm playing in Modern, and I know we hinted at it a few weeks ago, uh, affinityforislands.com, I'm, I posted the list and kind of a little write-up. It's already evolved from there. I've already decided to move back to the Grove of the Burn Willows, Punishing Fire combo, and Tarmogoyf in the deck because it needed more power. Uh, Mike Flores and I were goldfishing it in Nashville, and uh, it just it felt like it couldn't – it needed more power. It needed something like Tarmogoyf. More so, power. More power. Yeah, so um, – but, but I power. do have to tell you a combo in the deck that I, I – I mentioned it in the article as something I was going to try, and I've tried it, and I love it. Is Familiar's Roost and Snapcaster Mage? It is yeah, super sick. Being able to super ethereal. Well, no, sick. That's what I said. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that is being able to counter a spell and get the Snapcaster back, and then I'll replay the Snapcaster, give the, the familiar Familiar's Roost flashback. Flash it back, return the Snapcaster again to my hand. So it is absolutely disgusting. Now I can only play – I'm only playing two in the deck because obviously the, the earlier you draw it, if you don't have a guy, it's useless. Uh, but that deck is built on – besides the Tarmogoyfs, all Flash creatures that have comes into play abilities. So Snapcaster is probably the, the one you mainly want to do that with. But being able to reuse a Spell Stutter Sprite – like still had all these counter spells, you know, like uh, counter your spell, counter your spell, return the spell stutter sprite, counter your spell again, like three counter spells out of two cards is kind of cool. Also creatures there, but uh, Vendillion click being able to reuse that. I, I just love that combo and uh, or I love the card in this deck. And that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm toying around with in modern. Now the modern format is kind of unknown to some degree. Um, because of all the bannings. So who knows if this deck is going to be any good, but it's what I'm going with for the moment. And, oh, speaking of modern, I just, I, I forgot all about this. It's going to be featured as one of the formats at Worlds in San Francisco next month, and PTQs are coming in, in January. So yes. we're going to have a whole modern PTQ season. So That's it's, right. it's not, oh, who cares about modern? It's uh, probably no, it is, start but playing it's, it. Or, it is, but it's just like... You care about it as much as extended now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you do, but yeah, <laughs> me. I, I, I uh, I'm so excited about it, and I want to see more, more modern tournaments. And uh, yeah, so I think the format's a lot better now. Like with all of those cards they banned, banned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I guess I, it, it's hard to tell. I mean, because, I don't know. The thing is, we don't know what it would have looked like if they had not banned anything. If people would have evolved and. But my inclination is to say I'm happy with what they did because I'm definitely not unhappy. I'm not going to have any fun playing in a format where Splinter Twin Deceiver Exarch exists. Well, they do exist in modern. 
Right, and therefore have not played <laughs> one game of Modern. Um, oh, stop bitching, start brewing. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Any, can, I, I want to mention yeah. something quick. Go for it. Um, this is uh, from our buddy Adam Fe- uh, Feinstein, uh-huh. um, who used to come to my FNMs all the time, who yep. has moved down to Virginia. I still see him once in a while. Like He's at least around for some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he played my pre-release, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyway, uh, he sent me an email about a week ago, mm-hmm. and uh, him and his buddy uh, just wrote and published an MTG app for Android. Oh, wow. So, um, so this is an Android app. It's called MTG Familiar, mm-hmm. and it's, if I'm not mistaken, Star City's app isn't available for Android yet, is it? That's correct. So, so anyone who's been who has Android who can't get Star City's app, um, this might be a good option for you, a good free option. Uh, we could put a link to it in the show notes. It's called MTG Familiar. I don't know if I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's free app. Uh, has no ads. Um, you know, it does basically all the stuff that you'd want to do with an MTG app. And, uh, so anyone who's looking for something like that for Android, uh, I'm going to have to download it myself cause I have an Android device and I haven't, uh, I haven't ever downloaded an app. Well, there <laughs> for, you go. <laughs> for MTG. So I'm going to do this like as soon as we get off the, off the podcast. Sounds good. Let me, yeah. yeah well, you'll have to maybe mention how it is or something. So yeah, I uh, definitely will, but yeah, we put that in the show notes and then, uh, I wanted to ask you, for the benefit of those who are interested, are you going to write an update at all to your uh, Balthor EDH? Oh, I'm sorry, Commander article that you wrote the other uh, yes. week. Yes, I am. I know. I know that I'm slow to get around to it. Uh, You're about as slow as zombies. Yeah, but that's why I'm not a writer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I haven't like tried to seriously pursue like any sort of writing gig with any websites because like I can't do it consistently enough. I just get so distracted and bored um so anyway just real quick uh i definitely did some splurging uh again this month i know i mentioned my splurging last month with the japanese foil balthor Mm -hmm. uh things like that so this month um i ordered a um judge foil vampiric tutor a judge foil demonic tutor um a French foil unholy grotto, a French foil buried alive, um, and then English foils of grave spawn sovereign, soulless one, and undead gladiator. Um, and you can tell I'm excited because I just knew that all off the top of my head. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I memorized it. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, and also, I want to give a special shout out to the uh, to the SCG buyers. Uh, because, um, when I was at the PTQ on Sunday, I went down, I I went to them and I was bitching at them about how I could never find a freaking foil army of the damned. Uh One of the buyers had one Mm -hmm. that he was going to sell to themselves. Right. (laughs) So he went and like got up from what he was doing and did it. So I could just buy it straight from them. (laughs) That's awesome. So I got the foil army of the damned too for the deck, which I'm really excited about because that one I thought was going to be hard to find. Yeah. But it wasn't that hard. I just had to go and bug and and complain. Yeah. Squeaky wheel. That's right. Um, (laughs) So that was totally awesome. And yeah, I will post an update. Also wanted to mention that, um, 
I won a complete set, single copy of each card of Innistrad um, from Limited Gaming. Right, at Limited Twitter, Gaming, yeah. At Limited Gaming on Twitter. And um, it just came in the mail yesterday. Uh, amazing. One of the coolest things I've ever won in my life. That was so cool. We, like I, I think I told you, but we were in Nashville doing the coverage, and Jeremy put it up on the, on the teleprompter thing. Not for us to say, but he was just like, hey – Big Head Joe just won a complete set of Innistrad on Twitter. <laughs> it was pretty funny. That's pretty awesome. So uh, so I got it, and I'm really pumped. Um, he, so he has I, more giveaways, doesn't he? Yeah, he has a beta Trop Island when he gets to 2,000 followers. He'll be giving away a beta Tropical Island. So, uh, so insider no, tip. There you go. Yeah, no joke there. Um, if you want a reason to join Twitter, there it is. Retweet something you immediately forget about and win something that's worth a lot of money. Um, uh-huh. And uh, But anyway, with that happening, I was like, well, I wonder what I'll do for my – like when I hit 2,000 followers, you know, I'd do something cool. Cause I don't think I've ever done a – Twitter giveaway Giveaway. for like a follower milestone, Mm -hmm. you know? So I decided that when I hit 2000 followers, I will randomly give away a copy of my Balthor, the defiled commander deck, non foil. I can't guarantee that every card will be English. I can guarantee you there ain't going to be a sinkhole in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you, yeah, I saw you write that. You said everything, but the sinkhole. Well, for the the most part, let's just, let's just, that way because i don't own non-foil copies of every card currently in the deck Mm -hmm. so it might take a little while to acquire some cards and i may wind up making some substitutions for stuff that i'm having a lot of trouble getting fair enough you know so there might be an unholy grotto but there might not be a volrath stronghold i don't know you know what i mean like yeah because i don't need to get a foil volrath stronghold because it does not exist. exist yeah like i might not be picking up a second copy of that card ever time soon right <laughs> you know, like, cool. uh, so yeah so you know list subject to change on that offer but that is the offer is that you will win a balthor the defiled commander deck as close to the spirit of the original as i can make it sounds awesome so follow me on twitter you have no excuse just just make an account follow me and retweet something i don't know i'm not going to make anyone retweet anything i don't care so for shout outs, I wanted to I wanted to just throw a shout out to Brewport Avenue, the guys uh their their new podcast, as I mentioned earlier. So check that out on MTG Cast. And I also wanted to mention another podcast, which um is one of uh, actually I'm sorry. It is probably the most offensive magic podcast I've ever heard. <laughs> and therefore is not on MTG Cast. But they're really? they are at mtgbridge.com and uh episode nine had Matt Kranstuber and uh Ruben Bressler of the In Contention podcast, and um, yes, they often stray from the topic of magic so much that maybe they don't talk about magic for the majority of the episode, but it is very offensive, and if you like that sort of thing, <laughs> check it out. So shout out to MTG Bridge podcast. Now, don't not to be confused with, there is one called like From Under the Bridge on MTG cast, but that's not the one I'm talking about. I haven't listened to that one. Uh, so the two two new podcasts both showed up with the name Bridge at roughly the same time with Bridge in the name, so kind of odd. But mtgbridge.com is the one I'm talking about. Bunch of guys from Ohio. Mark Sun is on that episode too. Uh, for those of you who follow Legacy stu- Superstar, Mark Sun. Uh, Mark Homeboy, you know that, right? What's that? 
Mark's son is my homeboy. Well, I he's my homeboy too. I mean, what are you trying to run run the sick rubbins? Is that is that what you're doing? Humble brags. I'm just saying no. tw- Twitter hashtags occupy Wall Street. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> what? No, a- <laughs> um, no, no, no. Because he's a he's a big uh, he's a big uh, wrestling fan. Oh, uh, okay, okay, cool. Well, in that case, uh, I, don't, I don't really like him anymore. Sorry, Mark. All right, upcoming events. <laughs> Just kidding. Upcoming events, obviously, uh, as always, we want to mention these here at the end of the show. I'm trying to get this show out without editing it. It'll be the first ever un-episode, an unedited episode of Yo! MTG Taps. Um, this weekend, October 22nd, 23rd, Star City Games Open Series in Baltimore. You'll be there. I'll be there. We'll all be there. We'll all be square. I don't know. That just rhymes. Uh, <laughs> October 22nd and 23rd, also this weekend, GP Amsterdam Legacy. That'll be something to follow if you're a Legacy fan. But uh, I have a feeling you may not be able to watch that one. So if you are not in Baltimore and not in Amsterdam, you can watch Legacy on SCG Live on Sunday. Uh, also this weekend, GP Santiago Limited. Also this weekend, nothing else. October 29th and 30th, that's next weekend. GP Hiroshima is standard, so we'll get to see another uh, another standard GP and some results of that. And this is obviously a Japanese one, so maybe the Japanese have some interesting standard tech. Um, and then that same weekend, Star City Games Open Series in Kansas City. October 29th and 30th is, is next weekend. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know if I said that. Uh, following week, November 5th and 6th, Star City Games Open Series in Las Vegas. So... That's what I get for trying to rush through things. I repeat myself and skip things. So, whatever. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. We are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching. I just wanted to ruin the end of the episode. Stop bitching. Start brewing. <laughs> <laughs>